and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. Oh, yeah, and I'm Len Foote. <laughs> and welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where a crowd that was exhausted by the last taping we did uh, with our two energetic guests are now ready for a much lower key recap episode. We did pass out the new Jag Bags energy drink to all the Diamond listeners. <laughs> rev them up for our recap episode. Yes, we have several different flavors of our Jag Bags energy drinks. Uh, we have a Mr. Pib uh, light version. Uh, we also have a, uh, a pink grapefruit version. My uh, favorite is the delicious kiwi lime. I mean, you can't go wrong with a kiwi lime jag bag. Refreshing and loaded with caffeine. <laughs> and sure to uh, sure to sour that palate if you drink it, uh, if you eat the wrong thing beforehand. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we're here to do the recap episode. So we'll talk all things NBA. We'll talk all things NFL, college football. Uh, the SNL bracket concluded today. We'll talk about the winner. We'll talk about the final four and just general reactions, not only on our end, but also what Twitter had to say, all the <laughs> TikTok videos that were made. And of course, the Supreme Court appeals will track the progress of those angry appeals uh, protesting the loss of certain SNL characters. We'll go through all of that. Uh, we also have our I recommend section. Len and I will recommend something to you, the lucky Jag Bags listeners. Um, most likely it will be a TV show or a movie or a album or a book. I finished Zen and the Art of Motorcycle <laughs> Maintenance. Oh, my God. So get ready for that. Uh, and then finally, we'll do our album reviews. I will do my Rolling Stone Top 500 albums of all time as I hurtle towards the finish line, barreling down at a breakneck speed towards the top spot. And Len will also cover his own personal top 500. Lately, we have been shockingly aligned on the merits of uh, the, each album that he brings up. Will the streak continue? I don't know about that, but there's one no doubter that you will approve of. Okay. We've been good. Yeah, it's shockingly good. Yeah. So uh, maybe the cries of pavement will come in the 300s when we get deeper in maybe there is that's there when it'll get tempestuous i think there's no pavement in your all-time top 500 is no there? but like when i have a band that you're not a fan of oh then i will call I have another one i have two yeah. of them yes then that's one it's gonna get so to go over the rules if i agree uh that i say i agree then as i haven't heard it and then if I disagree, I'll say no. And if there's a pavement rule where there's more than one entry that I totally disagree with, 
then we're then we're into pavement territory and i will call you out on like if yeah like if it's a band that you like no they should not have more than one album they should not have so much as one mm -hmm. uh they do not belong it's like when good people like bad music <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like pavement, it should be one that I've already had at least one of. Right, right. So it's, it should be the second one by that artist. Agreed. If you get to outrage that there's a second one by an artist that you're not the biggest fan of, you should yell pavement. But I'm going to yell pavement. Cry pavement, beef. Cry pavement. Cry pavement. John Hyatt, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is doing the unofficial... Lens top 500. Chillingly theme. like John Hyatt. Amazing. Oh. When, but when introducing this, I'm going to sing Cry Pavement Yeah. Uh, to introduce the list. So, uh, but before we get to all that, uh, a, the latest uh, MLB award was mentioned today. I didn't see who won NL National League Manager of the Year, but uh, the American League manager of the year was announced and it was terry francona of uh the cleveland guardians um i don't know uh how many times he's won the award and uh but i think he deserved it i definitely think he deserved it um i feel like the that award is given to a team that hosts the biggest surprise yeah I feel like nobody was expecting the Guardians. You know, he might have gotten votes if the Guardians had finished 500. Um, mm -hmm. But they made the playoffs and advanced in the playoffs and took the Yankees to five games. And uh, so, you know, he is. And so, you know, I think it's I think it's well deserved. You know, I'm so glad he's the manager. And I just think he's great. I think he's great. And um, just what he does with, you know, this, this ball club year after year, he takes these guys that are young that probably could use a little more seasoning and he gets the most out of them that he can. And he seems to develop young guys, particularly the young pitchers. And I think it's not just him. He works pretty much in lockstep with the organization, like with the GM and the president, I don't think he makes, but I think they follow his lead. It, it's like a really good team, but he's on, you know, he's making those on field decisions, obviously. Um, and he's just, he's beloved. That's he's, and I, this is what I want to talk about the most here is that if I look back on all, if I think of all Cleveland based coaches, managers in any sport, I think Francona stands alone i think he's by far the most beloved um i think that job is his you know until you know until he starts losing um and i don't think he's ever even when he's had a losing season you can have like glimmers of hope but i don't think he's had a you know too bad of a losing season and uh i he's never finished last in the division he's always kept them competitive and so, you know, I, so I think for that reason, he's, he's beloved. And I wanted to ask you what you think. And we kind of touched on this in our um, previous Jag Bags episode, where we talked about coaches in Chicago 
and we talked about you know all three all all four sports i think we got into hockey as well mm -hmm. and um we talked about managers who were beloved and who were hated and you know i think we can say that you know phil jackson and maybe quenville were the most successful coaches but were they the most like beloved like you, you know you never heard a word of criticism about them and they just seem to be kind of a folk hero like francona now he'll go to Cavs games and like people go nuts when they you know the camera goes on him and he's also been seen downtown like on a scooter kind of riding and he's really <laughs> kind of like embraced this it you know it's nuts and um you know and that i've never heard of and i don't think i've never heard of anyone like that in chicago like ditka I mean, Ditka had a restaurant, and he was around. But I Ditka Ditka had has a mythology around him. Yeah, but just because of the one team, right? I don't remember Phil Jackson ever getting criticized. No, but he's not. He his personality. He's not a lovable person, I guess. Mm -hmm. But nobody. I mean, everybody realized what an amazing job he did. And I feel like with Phil, he rightly so, I mean, he took, he deferred to, first of all, it's Michael Jordan, just like, it's just this huge kind of just presence over not only the team, but the city and like the country, and like the world. I, just, there's nobody like him. Yeah, just handling Jordan alone is a hard job. Yeah. And he did a great job. Yeah. I don't know that, you know, it's hard to like, you know, if you think of like a coach or a manager who is like beloved, um, I mean, he definitely, and, and he left on top. That was the other thing about Bill Jackson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said he never went through a rebuild or a bad times. I mean, he left with all them and that was probably six championships ends his final year winning a championship and vanquishes the Pistons. I mean, he did everything. And never lost in the final. You can't have, yeah, you can't have a more perfect Chicago coaching career than what he did. Yeah. He really did. No. Um, yeah, just interesting. Um, and, you know, I thought, I, you know, I thought maybe Ozzie Gian might be, you know, like kind of in the beloved category, but I think he kind of self-destructed a little bit. He never followed it up. He couldn't even get them back to the World Series. Well, the one thing that you always bring up is that Madden won the Cubs the World Series, but we're all still mad at him. I know. <laughs> I feel like he's the only coach to become less popular after winning it all. Like if you had told a me historic world championship and we're all still mad at him. <laughs> you will always will be mad at him you told me like the manager becomes let he was like <laughs> was, everyone was like he's great he's great amazing 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 until they win and they're like you're an idiot <laughs> uh and he led a three to one comeback yeah but <laughs> he just flop sweated that game seven be so poorly so yeah. poorly managed that if they would have lost, 
Oh, he would probably wouldn't have come back that next season. He would have been on a spit. He really would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's move on. To... Oh, Buck Showalter won. I know. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. What's funny oh, I, is... He always wins the manager of the year. Well, he won, and it's the same thing. It's because the Mets did better than expected. But Dave Roberts had the same amount of first place votes as him. Why would Dave Roberts get votes? He had every good player on his team. I know, right? And I don't understand a vote for Dave Roberts. And and they didn't even make it to the. Uh, they got. Well, they, they vote on that stuff before the playoffs. Oh, I see. Yeah, so the playoffs don't factor in because it was. Um. I mean, everybody, the Phillies guy came in fifth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's the one who should have came in second. Right. The Mets and the Phillies were the overachieving teams. Agreed. Yeah. Dave Roberts. I'm like, I wouldn't even have thought of voting for Dave Roberts. <laughs> he's not the guy you'd think. Good of. job handling your 10 all-stars. <laughs> right. That's just weird. Yeah. Um. Let's uh, – anything else on uh, baseball, on the manager of the year? I just wanted to congratulate. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. Frank Kona. Let's uh, move to the NBA where uh, both the Cavs and the Bulls are uh, uh, on the skids. Um, and let's start with uh, the Bulls. Um, well, the Bulls have lost four out of their last five. The Cavs have lost four in a row. Um, so tough times, right? A little tough stretch for them. Um, we talked a little bit last week about um, about Levine's uh, everyone being frustrated with the frustrated with Levine's performance. I feel like he's played a little bit better, um, but now it feels like Donovan's a little frustrated with the Bulls. Um, he's frustrated with who? The the team. Donovan's frustrated. Yeah, they, they just I didn't watch the game Sunday, but they got blown out at, at home? home by Denver. Yeah, and Levine was the one who was calling everybody out after that game. How poorly they played. Yeah, it's just they're just not. Their defense isn't there again, just like last year. But the difference is. The beginning of the year last year, they were playing really well. They were winning all the close games. This year, they're 0-6 in close games. So you win half of those, then maybe we're not complaining about the Bulls as much. Right. But yeah, maybe, just, maybe just team just doesn't have that connection, that chemistry. Because on, on paper, you get two All-Stars. And Vukovic, who used to be an all-star. When you sir. Right. But, and I don't look at any other players and think none of these guys are belong out there. It's just something's not right. And I don't know. I don't know if they're going to correct it. Especially with the East being tougher this year. Yeah. I thought Donovan made... 
I thought Donovan made some pretty um, pointed remarks after the game as well. Um, basically saying like energy, we had no energy and energy is a choice. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you can choose the level of energy that you have when you're playing ball mm -hmm. and stuff like you, you know, you know, you're going to make a, you know, the other team is going to make a run at some point and you can choose to, you know, you can decide how you're going to respond to it and what kind of energy you're going to bring. And I was like, man, that is some tough talk. That's, that's a coach that's not pleased. Um, Maybe it lights a fire under them. We'll see what happens. I think they play Wednesday is their next game tomorrow. Yeah, I guess New Orleans. Yeah, something's got to change, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, real quick, the Cavs have – I they. it's interesting because since they got Garland back, they've lost four in a row. And he didn't play very well the first – I think they rushed him back a little bit. And, uh, and then he didn't play very much uh, in the loss to um, – uh, then the loss to Golden State, and then they played Minnesota, and he scored fifty-one points. Uh, yeah, but they still lost. You know, and why didn't Mitchell play that game? Now, I think Mitchell is—he um, didn't play against Detroit either, and they won that game. That was like their most impressive game of the year. Neither Garland or Mitchell played, and they dominated defensively. That was Mobley's best game of the season by far. Um, but their defense has really taken a hit. Um, they're just, and then, uh, and then even when they're holding teams down, they're just not able to get the big baskets that they need. I personally think it's, they've got to figure out how to mesh that backcourt. Um, so that both guys are, you know, I feel like there's too much turn taking. And I don't feel like they're getting the other guys involved as much. And then the other issue is that they don't have, they need a wing scorer because you have Allen and Mobley who are two big guys. Allen didn't play one of the games I looked at either. Yeah. So they might be a little banged up as well. Um, and, uh, but they need like a wing guy. And I think Love is too old. Levert is more of a guard. And he's too inconsistent. He'll be great one night, and then he'll be invisible the next. They haven't figured out how to integrate him. I feel like he's too – I feel like the ball stops when he gets it. Um, you know, and then he kind of plays LeBron style of, you know, just trying to, like, dribble, 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 and – you know, work a guy down, then get a shot. And, but if your shot's not falling, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's growing pains. Okoro is now so thoroughly disgraced that uh, Barkley was asked about Okoro. And uh, Okoro and Barkley said, well, Okoro will be working for DoorDash pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So uh, uh, that's not what you want to hear from a first-round top-ten draft pick. 
Wow. So um, he really has just regressed badly. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the bottom has fallen out. Um, and I was optimistic that the guy could improve, but uh, I don't know. It's just not happening. It's his third season. He should be making a leap. And instead he looks lost. And they, they had a, he had a couple of things going for him. He hasn't made any kind of significant improvements. He has no three point shot. So that's not good. Um, so hopefully the Cavs can turn it around. Um, I think they also play uh, Wednesday night. So um, hopefully uh, they can get it together, but probably not since they'll be in Milwaukee. So mm-hmm. when I'm, I'm guessing another loss for our Cavs. Um, but uh, the, the season's young, and the thing is they can – there's plenty of time to turn around. I, I feel like it's still – too early to make any kind of you know snap judgments or pronunciations about yeah about either team just because we're not even you know we're we're not even a fourth of the way through the season yeah it's just i think with the bulls it's just such a disappointing last quarter of the year yeah it's just continuing. So that's, that's what makes you worry about it. One last uh, question for you. I've seen some rumblings on Twitter that maybe this group is not the group that can take you very far in the playoffs. And this is about as good as we're going to get, you know, second round exit is there probably their ceiling and should we continue with a team as constructed when you know that they're probably not going to make it to the Eastern conference finals. And does it make more sense to see what you can get for these guys? Um, And there were some arguments on that and, um, you know, people saying trade DeRozan, trade Levine, you know. No one's going to take Levine. Levine makes guys. all the money. Yeah. Any of that stuff, they shouldn't have signed Levine if they were worried about the team. Yeah. I obviously I felt Levine's here to confident stay. about the team if you're going to give Levine all this money. Right. But I, I when that happened, I didn't really, I didn't really like it. And then it's getting worse deal keeps looking worse. Yeah. He doesn't seem to have what it takes. If Levine is making the most money, it would appear that Levine is the alpha dog of the Bulls. And he is the guy who should be getting the ball in crunch time. And he's not. He's not. He's not the guy... He doesn't ever make a big play in defense. I mean, he can make some clutch shots sometimes, but DeRozan was the king of doing that last year. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's a test for him. It's a test. Or is Billy Donovan a good coach? Is he going to figure this out? Yeah. Is is Vukovic going to improve? 
or is he just this is what we're going to get from Vukovic? He's not he's not a three point shooter anymore. Are some of these other guys like everyone raves about Caruso? I watch Caruso and I I don't see it as much as everybody else. I don't think Caruso is as much a difference maker as people say he is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is this is this is an early test for all those guys. Yeah, we're gonna snap out of it because you don't want to dig a hole in a competitive conference like this. It uh, only takes a big win over, and you know the Pelicans. If they can beat the Pelicans, that you know they can feel very good about themselves. So the Pelicans are a good team. Yeah, they they can't lay an egg again like like they did against the Nuggets. That's for sure. That was a troubling loss. Yeah, sure. they need they need to bounce back immediately from that. Yes, agreed. Um, well, speaking of bouncing back, let's talk about two teams that are not bouncing back. And in the NFL, and that's the Browns and the Bears. Um, I missed the Browns game because at the last second, my buddy Byron said, "Hey, I got a Bears, I got a Bears ticket. You want to go?" And I said, "Oh, yeah, sure." Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went, and we he also because he's a season ticket holder, he had enough points to hold the bear down flag. You know, all the fans come out with the bear down flag and they hold it while the players run out. So I got to go onto the field. Oh, my gosh. And hold the flag. Like, literally, the punter was about – the Lions punter was probably about five, six inches from me. And they would tell you, like, hey, season ticket holders, hooray. Yeah, you're going to go out there and you're going to have such a good time and you'll wave the flag and, you know – be happy. Don't take pictures. Do not talk to the NFL players under any circumstances. Have Do not cut any hamstrings. Oh, man. Yeah, so, uh, but it was wild because I was watching this Lions punter just sky these punts because um, he was just practicing. Right. That, that was awesome. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we walked up to, so we got done and uh, you know, walk through the bowels of Soldier Field. That was also kind of interesting. And then uh, hopped right back up on the south end of the field and then went to, you know, his seats, which are up in the nosebleed section, and uh, watched the watched the game. And that was a weird loss. And I felt like there were like no real culprits, but then like there were a lot of culprits. Um, so I guess for that loss, I guess my question to you is, do you feel that it was Santos who is to blame? <laughs> do you feel it was, because he was getting, people were screaming for his hide at the game. Um, was it Fields? Fields did some amazing things in that game. And then he also did some not very amazing things in that game. Um, you know, do you blame fields or is it the bears defense overall? Um, in your mind, what is the, what was the main culprit 
of that game of that loss. I don't know what the main, who the main culprit was. It was obviously the two big mistakes because you had you're up two touchdowns and Fields throws just awful interception. Was not good. But then you're like, okay. Then he comes back and he has that crazy run for a touchdown, right? But he made up for it. Yes. Okay, so Santos misses an extra point. But Santos has been a really good kicker for us. Yes. So missing one extra point, I'm not going to want the guy to be cut for missing one extra point. He's been a really solid kicker for us. I think he's got a better career percentage than Robbie Gold for the Bears. I think so. I think that's so, right. So, yes, that stuff happens. It, happens. it was just awful timing. But... I mean, the, the defense, you got to stop somebody. This is the Lions. Yeah, it's Jared Goff. But what I keep saying to people is I watch the games, all the Bears. I read all the stuff about the Bears, and I still don't know who these guys are on defense. Half these guys who are making yeah. tackles. <laughs> yeah. Like, who is that? Yeah. I was making jokes on Sunday because we were all, I was watching it with a bunch of people. I'm like, oh, well, of course, that was Martin making the tackle or somebody equally generic. Like, what happened to our guys? Where is everybody? So you got got to be able to beat a team like the Lions. So that was really disappointing. At home. But, I mean, Fields, I thought, overall, pretty good game. Yep. But he's got to be able to make a fourth-quarter comeback. Going down, going down one one point, he had the ball with plenty of time, and he didn't make one play. No, so that was disappointing too. But overall, his game was was good. He had the great run. He had two really nice touchdown passes to Comet, which was awesome. Which two great games in a row. My my buddy Byron was all down on Comet, and uh, me he's too. Like, he's like, he's terrible. What's this guy? You know, he's such a disappointment. And by the second touchdown pass, I was like. Understand Comet better than Emery Moorhead. Better yeah, than Komet, Komet finally is showing his second round pick talent the yeah. last two weeks. They they're they're figuring it out. And a, a coaching thing again. We keep talking about how good the coaching is. And what I'm reading though, what I don't like is everyone talking about, oh, let's get a receiver, let's do this, let's do this, that. Okay, you can't go from losing because you have a bad offense to losing every game because you have no defense. You gotta you gotta keep an eye on the defense too. Right, right. We can't have no defense because we're gonna just lose how we did yesterday all the time, man. Yeah. We're giving up a ton of points every week. So there's there's gotta be some balance to that. They um the Bears uh they have a bye next week, don't they? Or wait, who do they play? Yeah, they have a bye next week. Do they? I thought they're playing Atlanta next week. I think it's the following week. Wait, no, I'm looking at the wrong. You're right. I'm looking at the wrong schedule. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing Atlanta. Yeah, they don't have a bye until December 11th. Yeah, and here's what's. Funny, I was I, I have a schedule on my fridge in Atlanta, 
And I have a schedule in my fridge and I look at it and I go, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears lost every game or won every game. Because <laughs> every team's got so many flaws. I mean, the Bears are playing the Bills. I watched the end of the Bills-Vikings game. And Josh Allen, everybody thought would be, I mean, pretty much the favorite to win the MVP this year. And he's just not getting it done. Yeah, I think he's trying to play hurt, and I don't think they should do that. I think they should rest the guy. Did they learn nothing from watching Baker Mayfield? They Mayfield ruined his confidence trying to play through, you know, the injuries. Now he's like, he's damaged goods, and you know, it's hard to know if he'll be the same. I'm mean, sit the guy out anyway. Okay. You know, he he drops a snap, yeah, and then he he throws a pick at interception he threw. I don't know who he was throwing it to, but if it was to the guy behind Peterson, that was a terrible underthrown pass. Then, agreed. So if he, if it's like what you said, and he's hurt, then sit down. Just sit down. Sit down a couple games, and then come back strong for the playoffs. Right. Yeah, and unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers had a good game. I know. So I'm hoping that doesn't mean the Packers are going to start playing well. Ah. Uh. Because they beat the Cowboys, who are a good team. Right. That was a – I thought there's no way that the Packers are going to beat Dallas, and then, of course, they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my other team I follow, the Chiefs, I feel like they're just kind of chugging along under the radar almost. Yeah, yeah. no one's really talking about them. They're talking about uh, the Eagles or, um, you know, Buffalo and uh, – I think because the Chiefs have been so great for so long that they just kind of, yeah, they've forgotten a little bit. Yeah, but like we said, Buffalo is just not stepping up where they should be. Two bad losses. Yeah. And the Eagles, I I told my Eagles fan friend, I said, I have a feeling they're going to lose to the Commanders. And I was right. You know. Uh, the Eagles were due for. A loss. They were due to play poorly. And the commanders had a good enough defense to help that along. And that's what happened. I've got some, uh, a fair amount of work friends in Philly and they were all like, I don't like being eight. No, don't like, <laughs> like them to lose. So with every loss, I grow more and more nervous and uh, it's funny. So they were all like, good. Now we can get back to playing football. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Eagles fans are weird. Um, that was the first game I saw him play, and I didn't really see anything that jumped out at me that, that they're a great team. No, obviously they didn't play well, but I mean, what's what's making them play well? Do you know? I haven't watched them either. I've watched them. I mean, once. I know Hertz is supposed to be good, but yeah, I didn't see like any defenders flying around or a skill guy that really impressed me. No, I saw them play against Dallas, and I thought Dallas – I mean, it was a good game, but at no point it was like, God, the Eagles are dominant. They're going to, like, go far. Yeah. yeah. So, but then again, I, I don't even think the Vikings are that dominant. No, I, I'm not convinced. There's so many I'm not convinced teams. <laughs> like, I still don't think the Vikings or the Giants are – but the, the one thing the Vikings do have is Jefferson. That guy, did you see that incredible. catch he made? He's an incredible receiver. That's a difference maker. But yeah. I don't. I wouldn't trust Kirk Cousins in a playoff game. 
No. And and the Giants, do you think the Giants are good? You I mean the Giants, who's the Giants quarterback? They keep winning. Daniel Jones. <laughs> so I really do think it's going to be just a crazy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it, and it could, at the end, it could be the Chiefs because the Chiefs are the most consistent. And like you say, they're under the radar and they have the experience. So Yeah, it's, it's possible. It's possible. Um, so you didn't see the Browns game, but they got I missed it. I was, I, was, I was sitting in the Bears game watching the Bears lose. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, I did watch the highlights and, you know, I thought the Dolphins looked pretty good to me. Hard to know whether that's because the Browns defense has once again laid an egg as they have a disturbing tendency to do. So it was like, is that the Browns defense, you know, forgetting how to tackle again? Or is the Dolphins offense that good? You know, Tua and Tyreek Hill. Um you know, are they are they the real deal? So hard to know. Yeah, I don't think the Dolphins are like the Giants or the Vikings. But are they Super Bowl contenders? I think no. I don't think so. I don't think the Dolphins are better than the Bills. I mean, Bears, the Bears actually should have beat the Dolphins. Right. Mm-hmm. Browns uh, were never in that game against the Dolphins and were outclassed from the start. So, what's the Browns' record now? Three and six. And uh, they're playing Buffalo, who absolutely has to have a win to keep pace with the Dolphins and now the Jets in that division. So, they've got to win. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Patriots are lurking. So I don't, I'm not really, I'm not really, I don't have, I'm not very optimistic about mm-hmm. the Browns' chances. And then they get Houston, and that's when Watson comes back, and that's when all hell is going to break loose. And, um, you know, in, in Cleveland, and, you know, that's the news cycle is going to go mad again. So, but uh, I might be too little too late at that point. Mm-hmm. And you could be looking at a uh, – I mean, it's very likely they'll be three and seven uh, by the time uh, Watson comes back. Yeah. You figure this year you got until nine losses, and then you're done. Right. Oh, sorry. There's gonna be a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot of nine and eight playoff teams this year. Right. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. They play Buffalo, then Tampa. And then Houston. So yeah, the Browns will probably be three and eight by the time that uh, Watson comes back. <laughs> and the sad thing is, is that the Browns probably should be seven and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, it's just too bad. Um, yeah. Well, the Bears have at least three or four games they should have won too. Yeah, that Lions game. They're gonna look back on that and be like, man. Because, yeah, they win that game, and it looked pretty all the way through. I was like, well, they're going to win. Yeah, they're two touchdowns, first quarter. How do you blow that? Yep. It's just one one bad mistake, and it's weird how that turned the tide, even though the the Bears went ahead again right afterwards. 
it just puts that seed of doubt in your head, I think, sometimes. Yeah, they've got to get past that quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they've, yeah, they've got to turn it around and fast. Um, anything else on the NFL? No, that's it. College football? Just one quick thing. So we kind of cursed you, Lina. <laughs> <laughs> we really did. Lost again. <laughs> I'm hoping I can snap out of it. I know they were looking at like it was nice to have a see a resurgent University of U of I football team. Yeah. It's good when it's good for everybody when the when the Illini are good. Yeah. So I just wanted to comment on that. Hopefully they I mean if I think they played Michigan now, so that's a tough game. Don't no blame Jag bags for that one if they yeah, lose. We, I, I got a note from Balim Balima just saying, hey, Jag bag. <laughs> I'm gonna send Morg back uh, uh to uh just to survey you. <laughs> yep. Keep our keep our team out of your mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we want to talk a line. Hopefully they will snap out of it and well uh getting that play getting that championship game well a win against michigan cures all ills yeah i'm not real confident in that but maybe they could win the game after that yeah i think maybe next week we'll start talking some college basketball yeah northwestern had a nice win today yeah they beat georgetown and the illini beat Monmouth by <laughs> yesterday. DePaul beat Minnesota. Big so local teams are off to a good start. So we'll probably start talking about college hoops next week. Um, and uh, we'll need to start our Fairleigh Dickinson uh, wa- bubble watch as well. There we go. Yep. I don't even know what their uh, team name is, but. Uh, we got a lot of uh, angry faxes from Fairleigh Dickinson fans not appreciating uh, our uh, hurtful remarks about uh, their their squad. So apologies to Fairleigh Dickinson alumni everywhere. The world mm-hmm. over. They are everywhere. Um, well, should we talk about the SNL bracket? Yes. One of the most surprised winners in any bracket I've ever done. Ever. I, I've, I got multiple faxes and the collective response was Len needs all new friends. <laughs> <laughs> Fire everyone who responds and get a brand new set of <laughs> packet respondents. For those of you who aren't my Facebook friend, we did a 96. 96- I love all of Len's friends. I love all of them. We did a 96-character SNL bracket. We talked about SNL a couple podcasts ago, so if you haven't listened to that yet, go ahead and download it. Good stuff. And the surprise winner was Wayne's World. Now, Wayne's World popular, yes. And... Wayne and Garth, everybody knows who Wayne and Garth is. Iconic. But to me, middle of the pack, SNL. No doubt. 
Well, okay, let's let's take that apart. They were very popular at one point, Wayne's World. Right. Very popular. Right. You don't get a movie franchise if you're not a staple of the show. But I mean, just just for subjectively, me and you. Yep. We're gonna sit down and watch an SNL clip. Middle of the pack, Wayne's World, right? You're not going to go for them early on. If somebody said, you have to watch 15 straight SNL clips, I don't think I'd have a Wayne's World one. That's why I was so surprised that it won. And it it crushed Stefan in the final. (laughs) I thought Stefan might win. I I was thinking Stefan, Matt Foley, Maybe Nick the Lounge Singer. Those were my three that I thought would probably win. And the Wild and Crazy Guys. I was hoping they would come out on top. They did pretty well. I I I love them. I think they're great. But I didn't know how well known they were. Still, that's what I'm saying. But they did they did pretty well. They went pretty far. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was nice to see. And some of the other '70s people, like Gilda Radner, did pretty well. Yep. Uh, Nick the Lounge Singer did pretty well. I thought I thought it would do better. Mm-hmm. And to me, and this is something a couple of people even mentioned, Ed Grimley beat him. A disgrace. And no, I think I think Ed Grimley is hilarious. But one, originally SCTV. Mm-hmm. Two, only one season. Right. To me, Nick the Lounge Singer, I think is my favorite. just every single time it killed me yep that's what i picked as my winner like when i did my own thing yeah i think i said matt foley was the winner yeah yeah he went pretty far he did but it was i think another thing that was surprised i feel like people really wanted Wayne's World to win like there was it was like a almost like a emotional thing even like people really connected to Wayne's World I mean maybe it's because of the geography I mean he is from Aurora and maybe there's a lot of suburban you know Chicago they would like really identify or maybe like some of the people voting that was an era where they were watching it regularly and they have the most emotional attachment to that stretch of SNL right could be yeah um but matt foley was around there in that era too well he was a little later yeah a little bit a little bit after that i mean he was on with mike myers chris farley yep i think matt foley was a few years after most of the wayne's world stuff yep um it was (laughs) and uh we talked about this too the the Bears guys did really well too. I mean, I guess that's not surprising in the in the end. I mean, I didn't give them I didn't even give them a first round buy. Yeah. I and mean, they almost I think they almost beat Stefan. Stefan had a rough go of it. He almost got upset early. Right. He had a rough time getting to the championship. Right. And then Waynesville just crushed him. Who did Matt Foley lose to? I think Wayne's World. That that was the most. I was like, I can't even believe that. Yeah, there was there was a lot of shockers. There was it's 
Could not uh, believe it. Let me see if it was. Uh... And who'd Mr. Robinson lose to? Oh no, uh, Wayne's World beat. Yeah, Wayne's World beat Matt Foley. You know, Hans and Franz went pretty far too. I was surprised by that. Also weird. And it's the same era. Maybe the, yeah. a lot of people voting. They just that was their favorite run of SNL. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was baffled by a lot of these. Me too. But the clips you posted were all great. Yeah, there's a lot of great clips. Um, so I yeah, Wayne's World beat Mr. Robinson too. Wayne's World was the surprise juggernaut. I I chalk it up to a local thing. I don't know. That's the only thing that explains it. And the era. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I don't hate it. And one of your sleeper picks, uh, Sweeney Sisters, did well. I was so happy about that. Yeah. But, I mean, it was very fun. It's very fun going through all that stuff. Definitely. And I'd say 90% of the characters I liked. So it was fun posting clips and and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, great. Did you have a, a surprise one that we didn't mention yet? Uh, the Blues Brothers. Um, <laughs> uh, no. Let I, it go, Beeves. <laughs> never. It's Day Tripper. It's the Blues Brothers. <laughs> what other injustices will I never let go of? <laughs> Um, no, I think you called, I think you covered it all in terms of uh, uh, you know uh, sketches and how uh, how they did. Um, I took a lot of grief for uh, talking about what's up with that. <laughs> I love I love what's up with that. What's up with that is nonstop laughs for me. Uh, Sarah Palin also made it pretty far. Yeah. Speaking of my nemeses. I feel like, you know who I feel like might be the most underrated SNL member from just from this bracket? Anna Gastire. Yeah, she did well. Delicious Dish Hosts. Yep. Martha Stewart. Yep. Martha Stewart did way better than I thought. Mm-hmm. She had a couple other. Um, she had, what was the other one of hers that was in there? The her and Will Ferrell. I didn't win its round, but I mean, people love her, Martha Stewart. Yeah, you don't you don't hear her get talked about that much. No, you don't. And the opposite end of it is, I don't think Jimmy Fallon won any round he was in. <laughs> I think even the Gibb Brothers, which I thought was really popular, nope. I think people are like those guys are. Are an unmentionable word as we are a G-rated podcast. <laughs> Not always, but come up with your own. Well, except when uh, stand-up comedian Jason Acevedo is the guest, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's Buddy Hackett world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he had Boston teens lost right away. Yep, Big Brothers, and he was in Wake Up Wakefield lost 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 right yeah just no one had any time for him but a very very fun one and very that's a good one very passionate voting really enjoyed it yeah 
Me too. What's the next bracket? Brothers Gibb. Speaking of Jimmy Fallon. Oh, man. There's going to be a lot of... uh, Watch the winner uh, for that one will be... um, New York mining disaster, 1941. <laughs> the winner. Hmm. I'm expecting kind of a straight up winner in that one. I, I agree. I agree. But it'll be fun to go through a catalog that is deeper than the casual BG's fan realizes. I, I yeah, I think there's gonna be. Oh my god, I forgot about that song. Yeah. So should be a good one. All right. We move on to I recommend. Yeah, why don't you start? All right, I have two, mm-hmm. so I'll I'll be quick about them both. Uh, the first is uh, based on I'm recommending this based on the recommendations of others, but I've been seeing a lot on Facebook that the new Star Wars series Andor is worth uh, watching, and so I started it and i'm about halfway through and i'm absolutely enjoying it um and i it might be as far as the the these series go these disney series go there's the mandalorian there's kenobi there was boba fett if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. and already i feel like this is the best one i love kenobi so for me it's gonna have to top kenobi yeah, I I don't think I was as big a Kenobi fan as there were like awesome moments in Kenobi. Awesome. Um, but overall I was um and I still haven't finished it because every time I uh try to get through the next to last episode, uh, uh I get the Macbeth syndrome that co just falls over me, like watching <laughs> and Francis McDormand in Macbeth. It's like that's what happened to me with the first episode of Andor. I got to rewatch it because I fell asleep during it. I fell asleep. I I tried three times to that yeah. fifth episode. I kept I falling yeah. asleep all five all three times. So, yeah. so I gave up. And yeah. uh, I'm definitely Andor is slow, but it's it's well paced. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, it's slow paced, but it's it's well written. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy a lot of the characters. And I also like this twist that happened. I'm not going to talk about it. There's a bit of a twist. And apparently there's there's more to come. And it's a twist that I, I don't even want to, I don't want to spoil it. Um, mm-hmm. so, but I think it's interesting. I've never seen anything like that in, mm-hmm. this, in this scope of one series. And I... It's risky. I'm like, what are you doing with that? You had something great, and then you totally went away from it. And we're gonna see if it pays off. Everyone, people I trust are like, oh, it's great. So we'll see. I haven't, I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about Andor. So far, I'm definitely enjoying it. People are raving. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diego Luna is excellent, and so is Scarsgard. Scarsgard. He's just, he's always good. And then my second uh, I recommend is, of course, the book that I thought I would never finish. <laughs> but I did. I finished it. Good job, Beef. 
oh man, I feel like, you know, I walked around, like did it. And then I would like walk <laughs> over to the bookshelf and like give it the finger. And like, you thought you could beat me, not beat me. Finish this, mm-hmm. Bob. Um, and, you know, I, what I'm curious is if anyone out there has also read this book. I know for a fact that my brother, uh, Matt, our, our frequent Jag Bags uh, guest, Matt Byer, has read it and loved it. And, uh, but I'm curious if anyone else has, and if so, what your, are your thoughts? I'd love to just get anyone's just take on it, either or. I'm still kind of like thinking about it. I guess that's a good sign. Have you ever? I don't think you've named a title yet, Beef. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Piercig is the book. I think I've mentioned it four times on I Recommend because it just bedevils me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the book. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Famous book written almost 50 years ago. Um, and uh, have you ever read a book and you finished it and you're like, I don't even know what I think about that. Like, did I like it? <laughs> Did I not like it? Uh, or are you, books. I've had I've had movies, movies, anything where you just didn't know yeah, what movies, do. movies, and maybe even a couple TV shows. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm. I'm at. I don't think I've ever read a book though like that. Yeah. So I guess that's 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 kind of. Uh, I I don't think I have either. Where I've read a book and I'm like, and it's a book that I think I would read again because I feel like half of it went. Over. Wait, I was like, what's this guy talking about? Yeah. I don't even know. I should read a paragraph mm-hmm. uh, from the book and just just watch your eyes just glaze over like <laughs> what? Um anyway. Um so I think it's like the verdict is I would recommend it, but only to see what you think. <laughs> kind of like, and because that would sway my opinion of it either way. Anyway. Um, that's those. Those are mine. What's your? I have three. I recommend. Oh, you're beating me. Unacceptable. They're all quick ones. Oh, okay. First one is most recent issue of the New Yorker. Oh, interesting. For two of the articles, November fourteenth issue, or find them online. There's an article about the Spice Girls. It's only two pages. Hmm. It's their 25th anniversary of their Spice World movie and album. <laughs> That's well, it's a really good article, and I, I sent it to three people. That makes me feel old. That was 25 years ago. Yeah, three people like the Spice Girls, and they all enjoyed reading it. Mm-hmm. And it has stuff in there like, Wannabe, what, some study showed that Wannabe is the most catchy song of all time. No way. Yeah. God. Yeah. But it's that kind of article. There's like these little interesting bits in it. Yeah. And it's only two pages. And then the other article that I thought was really good was there's one in Emma Thompson. It's the main thing is, I guess they're talking about a musical that she's doing. But for any of us who ever acted in anything, there's like insights on her acting process sprinkled in there, but not like pretentious ones, just like almost common sense kind of things about how she 
does her performances. Interesting. And I think like any of our friends who are listening that have that are performers would really enjoy reading it. Okay. My second I recommend is if if you read the Sunday Tribune last week, or if you haven't read it, and and a Tribune to me, the only good thing usually about the Tribune is their Sunday book section. Yeah. Mainly because the Sun-Times lacks that. Yeah, I know, right? But I prefer the Sun-Times in pretty much every other way. Interesting. But, but this past Sunday, they actually had a really good article in the sports section about John Shire. Oh, yeah. Just talking about his whole basketball career basically glenbrook north guy yeah and that's why he's like normally a duke guy but like eh. but I since know. he's he grew up here <laughs> yeah i i uh kind of follow him and talks about his classic high school career he was an amazing high school player yeah and championship at duke and one thing I learned about his attempts to be in a in the NBA is he kind of got derailed by an injury. Right. Wasn't because he wasn't good enough. He wasn't good enough. He got like basically Joe Ingles, who's still in the NBA, like practically not on purpose, but practically tore his eye out. Cool. So badly that like he was p- trying to play with one eye practically. Jeez. And they even like quote Shire in an article that he really thought he was gonna lose the, lose the was, eye. No, I mean not about losing an eye, but he thought he was playing well enough that he thought he was gonna make the heat that year. Like the Wade Bosch LeBron heat that year. Okay. But that just kind of destroyed his whole career. Isn't that crazy? And then he ended up joining Duke's coaching staff, I think at like 25. Wow. So super young. You know, and then talks about his challenge this year, uh, replacing Coach K. So it was a great article. I was shocked. I'm like, this isn't a Tribune. There's sports. <laughs> <they're> sports <laughs> <section>. <laughs> Honestly, their sports <laughs> section usually takes me about two minutes to read. <laughs> right, right. And I only get it on Sunday because, like I said, because it's for the book section. Yep. But yeah, if you like John Shire, college basketball, actually any kind of basketball. That's a good article. Find that online or wherever. Who wrote the article? You want to search it out. Who wrote the article? Dude? I don't know. I don't. I don't know who wrote the article, but it was in the last Sunday's Tribune. What was? What was Sunday? The twelfth, thirteenth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And then finally, my last I recommend is the Redeem Team documentary. Oh yeah! Any good? Really good. But you know me. I'll, I'll watch any of these basketball things. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not spoiling anything. They're called the Redeem Team because 2004, the U.S. basketball team failed to win the gold medal. They just got the bronze. So 2008, it's all about them getting motivated to get the gold medal this time. And it's all about the process of that from 2004 to 2008 to achieving that goal. And Coach K, who I just mentioned, he's he's a big part of that, of getting these guys together. It's LeBron, oh, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, 
Kobe Bryant. It's kind of a rough watch. If you're a big Kobe Bryant fan, it might be a little rough watch for you. Some of the things they show, there's like a couple clips of him with his daughter. and Oh, sad. Pretty, yeah, pretty sad. And, and you know, the basketball's great. Um, too much Carlos Boozer, though. I'm like, why do they keep talking to Carlos Boozer? He Boozer was, not, was on the. He was not a big. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a big presence on this team. Wade had some of the best plays I've ever seen out of everybody. Wade had some amazing plays in this gold medal run. Yeah, and the the toughest opponent for them was Spain, right? Paul Gasol. But even the like the. A couple of the guys that aren't really well known on Spain, Navarro and Fernandez. Wow. <laughs> Navarro, this guy Navarro, he's just making floaters. And he, this is the best players in the NBA. He's just going in the lane and throwing up these crazy floaters. They're all going in. And Fernandez, who looks like this, he almost looks like this decrepit, skinny older guy. He's like dunking over people and threes. <laughs> it was it was really it's really well done really well done and my favorite quote from the movie is lebron talking about the gold medal game you know they're showing highlights and everything and a great a great gold medal game by the way and lebron says i won't say i was nervous but those fuckers won't go away (laughs) (laughs) and lebron's such a polished guy all the time it's almost surprising hearing him swear Yeah, but well worth your time, Beat. I know you would definitely enjoy it. Anyone else out there who's a basketball fan would love it. I'll give it a watch. I'll give it a watch. It got great reviews. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very well paced. Great footage. The main people they talk to, it's like LeBron, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade. Good, good stuff. Except for Boozer. Well, that's when they Gal got the idea of playing together, Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and so that little bittersweet because I was like, "Oh, this is where they're like, we're we need to like get I mean, just, just for the basketball clips alone, Beave. Some of the plays that were made, not just by the U.S. by Spain. Great stuff. Yeah, Spain had a great team, no doubt. Yeah. And that 2014, I think uh, Argentina beat them. Is that right? I think so, yeah. That was that was Ginobili. Ginobili. And uh, there was two other guys. One played for the Bulls. What was his name? I can see his face. Um, he was a uh, he played for the Bulls. He had brown hair. I think he was called the. I think his nickname was the Bull. Oh, it's gonna. Oh, Nocioni. Nocioni. Yeah, I think he was on that team too. Scola, maybe too. Scola, yes. Was Scola in Argentina? I think so. Yeah. I think it was Scola. Yeah, they go through all that stuff. Nocioni and Ginobili. Yep. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, very so those are my, I, my three I recommends. Excellent. Yes. Very good. Well, hopefully you've learned something, Jagbags fans. You've benefited <laughs> from our expertise. Yep. Um, well, let's move on to Rolling Stones top 500 albums of all time. Uh, get ready for more expertise because you're going to get it. 
right now. Uh, I'm starting with album number 264, Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. Um, I, I think this album's great. And uh, I think that it's also, it's got one of my all-time favorite Pink Floyd songs on it, which is Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Um, I love that song. I think it's sad. Um, it's a tribute to Sid Barrett. And, um, you know, I think that uh, uh, overall the album's really, it's one of those albums that kind of like sneaks up on you. Like when I heard it, I was like, oh, this isn't as good as Dark Side of the Moon. Um, but then like the more that you heard about it, the more that I hear it, I'm like, no, this album's great. Um, Have a Cigar, Welcome to the Machine, uh, Wish You Were Here, of course, is also probably about Sid Barrett to an extent. And yep. so overall, just kind of like, I feel like, you know, when you get like Pink Floyd's, their music's all about alienation, you know, and madness, you know, insanity. That's a big part of them. And then just kind of the space kind of acid tinged, you know, you know, kind of stoner rock thing that they have going. But, but this album seems to have a heartbeat and, um, you know, that there's like people behind them people behind these kind of like disembodied sounds and, you know, where you're like staring at a lava lamp and, and, uh, listening to, um, you know, they're, they're singing about people and, um, emotions. And that's why I really like it. So I think it definitely belongs probably 264 is a good spot for it. I, I'm not going to say it's better or like it should be dropped down worse. Um, I think it's a good spot. What what's your thoughts on this record? We're going to talk about this album pretty soon. Oh, here we I go. really like it. I really like it. Okay, enough yeah. said. Enough mm-hmm. said. Let's move on. Two sixty three, Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know your view on this one. Uh, wh- this is way too. This needs to be way way higher. This is the Beatles' best album. Um, and I have a lot of arguments as to why I think it's their best album. In my opinion, it's my favorite. And yeah, we talked about it on the second podcast we ever did, right? That's right. So go back, find that. We talked about all the Beatles albums, but this is, there's no way that, uh, you know, that, that uh, there are all these albums I'm about to come up that I'm about to list off are better than a hard day's night there's just no way um so let's get to these albums that rolling stone preposterously says <laughs> is better than a hard day's night we'll start with 262 new order power corruption and lies and i just no i mean this album's okay no way is it better than uh, a hard day's night so already um just you know this album is uh or this this list is false um I, I, on its own i think power and corruption and lies is a pretty great record um i 
I think I could see in the top 500, but it would be like really, I just like New Order leaves me cold. And I love Joy Division, but something mm -hmm. about New Order just kind of, I don't even know what it is. I know what you mean. It's like Joy Division, there was a certain amount of menace to Joy Division's music and power. And I Joy like Division's more atmospheric. Mm -hmm. And New Order can, like what you said, there's an emptiness that kind of can leave you cold. Right. I, I agree with you on that. So I've got no, and you know, there are some New Order songs I really like, and I don't deny their popularity. Uh, it just kind of leaves me cold, personally. Mm -hmm. Album 261, Beastie Boys, Check Your Head. I love this record. Love Check Your Head. Um, I think this album is, I think this album is tremendous from start to finish. This is my second favorite Beastie Boys album. The only one I like more is Paul's Boutique, which I hope will be higher up in this record. I just think it's, they, it's an album that's aged very well. Uh, when I first heard it, I was like, you know, they've really, they've gone so far beyond licensed to ill and you know the kind of like loutish uh frat <laughs> guys trying to you know shotgun a beer and trying to rap where i was just like you guys are a joke and uh <laughs> even though i liked license still i was just like you guys are buffoons and you know two albums later like you're taking them really seriously and all of a sudden they're really effing cool and uh, so, I, which I think is no small feat. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I my favorite song is uh, "So What You Want," and uh, and I think that um, you know they all uh, also like they play a lot of their own music on this record, which is also pretty cool. And the production is it 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 sounds just as fresh today, in my opinion. When I heard it, I was like, oh, this, it doesn't sound dated one bit. And this album was in the, the early 90s. And I remember when it came out, I was like, oh, this album's great. It's great. They hadn't heard anything really like it. It was like the, all the mashup lessons that they had learned were being applied. And um, yeah, I just thought it was terrific. Uh, so it definitely belongs. I'd probably put it higher, though not as high as Hard Day's Night. Mm. Um, what's your thoughts on Check Your Head? I know I listened to it when I did mine, but I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Uh, you're not a Beastie Boys fan, especially, are you? I like I like some Beastie Boys. I like them better than I did... 30 years ago, I'll say that. Yeah, they've aged well. Because I thought they were pretty abrasive. Yeah. But I can say now I like at least, you know, probably a dozen of their songs. The Beastie Boys, really quickly, and then I'll move on. Have you ever had a, a, a you know, like a anything, a band or uh, or like a, a filmmaker? or anything where you're like 
they 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 come out and they put out a movie and you're like you guys stink <laughs> and I, you guys you guys god i hate you I hate you and then kind of change your mind and say eh, no i don't mind you actually eh, it's not so bad and then like two albums later like no they're great like have you have you have you you think of any examples where you've changed your mind so quickly on, on some uh i don't know about that I, quickly i changed but... my mind on the beastie boys i think i can't think of another one where i've changed my mind like that yeah i don't know about that fast but when you said that the first thing i thought of was somebody like the pet shop boys when they came out i was like what is this yeah yeah but now i listen to their stuff and i'm like this stuff is good uh-huh that was my problem back then yeah. right mm-hmm. uh my last album is uh number 260 probably the most mysterious album <laughs> on here and when i say that i it's like what the hell is this album doing on this list and that is the the band is called the slits and the album is called cut and they're they kind of are like post-punk uh they're trying to do like kind of weird it's kind of like that suicide remember suicide yeah i think they were like 499 or 90 i was like this album blows (laughs) this is another one and this album is 260 yeah this one's just like the beastie boys ones i know i listened to it but i can't recall any of the songs i was listening to it and i was like all right well obviously the problem obviously the problem is me because someone from old crow medicine show certainly <laughs> knows more music than i do mm-hmm. who am i to argue um patty smith though yeah sure mm-hmm. patty smith is like yeah the slits they were important i guess i don't see it but uh it's kind of like my review of the album closure or the song closure by taylor swift the problem is me. <laughs> uh, those are my reviews for you, the lucky. Getting two. close to the halfway point, B. Almost there. Almost there. Yeah, a couple weeks we'll be there. Yep. Amazing. The end the finish line. We will have to pull out the crystal right. light and Mr. Pibb for that oh, day. Oh, we will have all the cheesecake we can handle. <laughs> All right. So now we're back to my 500 favorite albums. The superior list to Rolling Stones. Ridiculous one. (laughs) We're at number 455 on this list. And once again, Diamond listeners, I have all five albums for you to see. Here we go. 455. Gold. Ryan Adams. Ah, I... Okay, keep going. This came out in 2001. Yep. Laughing with your pretty mouth, laughing with your broken eyes, laughing with your your lover's tongue in a lullaby. So this came out two weeks after September 11th, 2001. And there's a song on here called New York, New York. Yep. Really good song. Yep. This happened to be, he had that song recorded. Came out right after there. Yep. This is his most popular album. Yeah, I really, he's never, in terms of sales, like he's still kind of living off this, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's had a lot of issues since then. I know. I like his. I like a lot of his music. Yeah, he had even a song. Though, even though he's a lousy guy, supposedly, yeah, yeah, allegedly, yeah. He has a song here called "When the Stars Go Blue" that's been covered by a lot of people, including the Coors, who had a hit from it. Yep. Bono did a version of it. I respect his songwriting ability. Yeah, even uh, that same song, Stephen King even quoted it in one of his books. Mm-hmm. Lisey's Story. Yep. So not just New York, New York. When the Stars Go Blue had an impact. And he also had a couple other songs on here that were used in movies and TV shows. So this really had a big impact. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's really come close to anything like this since. I love uh, When the Stars Go Blue. Mm-hmm. I love the Rescue Blues. I love, I thought New York, New York's okay. Oh, I love I this like, song. Yeah. I like. That was a big XRT song back then. New York, New York. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked uh, La Cienega Just Smiled, even though I was like, this is the most pretentious song of all. <laughs> Makes me mad. I shouldn't <laughs> like this song, but I'm liking it. Yeah. I think there are more kind of like songs on here, but the songs I'd like, I really like. I think it's really, I think it's out all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice that I'm picking these albums and I'm still like, when I listen to them, I'm still like, okay, I get why I listen to this album a lot. Well, now I'm going to have to listen to it tonight and I'll tell you if you're correct or not. <laughs> I'll... As usual, the final word will be mine. <laughs> and uh, just a couple more things about it. Got nominated for three Grammys and 81st best, 81st best record of the 2000s, according to Rolling Stone. There you go. My next one, I think this is a very underrated album. And it's Altered Beast, Matthew Sweet. I don't and, know this. I don't know this one. Yeah, it's this, this was his follow up. This was the one right after uh, Girlfriend. Right. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why it didn't do as well because it's it's not like Girlfriend. There's a couple, there's maybe one or two songs that would fit on Girlfriend, but this is more guitar oriented. Yeah, what was the song that was on XRT? For from this one, yeah, Devil with the Green Eyes. Maybe that was it. That song would fit on Girlfriend. Yeah, that's remember, got that same kind of feel. I remember thinking, eh. yeah, I, I, I wasn't feeling it, and I didn't. And a lot of my friends, a lot of the that album, Girlfriend, uh, was a popular album at the factory. Like it was popular were, with all of us too. Yeah, people were like, and, oh, it's Record's great, but I didn't hear one thing about Altered Beast. Nobody said, "Oh yeah, Altered Beast, even better." No one said a word about it. Seemed I think, I think it needs a reassessment by everyone. I will do the reassessing because <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming back with my dinosaur act. Do you forget me, baby? After the fact, I'm telling you, 
I'm coming back with my dinosaur act. I still remember, baby, what we both lack. And Mick Fleetwood's on this album. Uh-huh. Richard Lloyd. Uh, Critical reception was mixed. Richard Lloyd's a great guitar player. It only, yeah, it's it's the guitarist is great beef. I think you would like this album. Uh, it hit number seventy five in the charts. And the song I just quoted, Dinosaur Act, Devil with the Green Eyes, we mentioned, Time Capsule, Ugly Truth Rock, which is a great title. Those are my favorites on it. And yeah, this one I think I got somewhere super cheap. I'm like, yeah, I'll get it. It was, you know, somewhere, I, I don't know if it was a library sale or something. It's like a dollar. And I'm like, Perfect. this album is great. Those are the best when you find the deal and you, 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 you say yes, that was like an outstanding uh purchase. Yeah. And our uh Jag Bags logo designer and marketing consultant, Kim DeClaire, thought I looked like Matthew Sweet when I was younger. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We'll have to quiz uh Ms. DeClaire about that. <laughs> See if she'll back up your claims. She will. She will. Yeah. Now this one I know you're going to be in agreement with. Okay. Maybe not the specific album, but I know you like him. Right, right. It's not just called the best of Billy Squire Beef. <laughs> it's 16 strokes. So it's like best of Squire? Best of Squire. Can't like that enough you got me running baby you give me something way beyond revenue oh man all of a sudden put the magic in me i feel the magic when we do what we do and come on come on you for too long you're in my situation you're my kind of lover i just love it you give me something way beyond revenue. What a line. <laughs> but this has all his jams. Jams. The huge ones. Yes. My Kind of Lover, Stroke, In the Dark, Everybody Wants You, Rock Me Tonight. Jam. The lesser known ones are good too. Like She's a Runner. Jam. Love is the Hero, which Damn. I was jamming out to. Yep. And uh, She Goes Down. So all the squares. Down. Jam. You know what it's missing though is uh, "Lonely Is the Night." That's a come oh, on. Oh my god, I didn't realize that. Uh, that you've got to have a no best of album is uh, complete unless it does unless it has "Lonely Is the Night." That's a that's odd. I I I, I somehow missed that. Yeah, weird because that's I'm sure that's on. Isn't that on the same album as In the Dark and The Stroke? I believe so, yeah. It's weird that they took that one out. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, still plenty of great stuff on that one. What is the best Billy Squire song? I think My Kind of Lover. I think that's why I picked that one. as my. I favorite. think it's mine, too. Yeah, that's a great song. Although I love Everybody Wants You. I love that In song. In the Dark's a great song, too. Great song. I think the Strokes is most popular song, but yeah, that yeah. one's just kind of almost too simple. 
I also like Rock Me Tonight. I do like Rock Me Even though it destroyed his career. Sadly, uh, <laughs> video. We've talked about that before. <laughs> I think when Kirk was on one time, we talked about that. We talked about the career ending, uh, which is just not, not fair. It's not right. All right. Yeah, so I, Anyway, strong agreement. Love it. Doing pretty well again. Two pretty much agreements and one you don't know. Yeah. I do. I really do think you'll like Altered Beast, though. Number 452, The Day I Forgot, Pete Yorn. Are you familiar uh, with this one at all? You know, I just never understood the big deal with Pete Yorn. <laughs> Here we go. Girls loved him. I was like, oh, Pete Yorn. I'm like, Who's this guy? Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's just jealousy on my part. I think so, Beef. No, I Take fully my hand, come I with fully me into this crystal scenery and wait. I'll retain the ticket. You would never have the time. I would love to change your mind. You were there, and it was good in the beginning. You know, I can't decide whether Yorn or Squire is in the studios right now with us. <laughs> Let's, let me just say this about Pete Yorn. He's no Billy Squire. I love this album, Beef. I actually think I should have put this higher. Wow. Love it. Okay. So a few things about just Pete Yorn in general. Once, and I like, I have three Pete Yorn albums. And I like all of them. Mm-hmm. You're going to probably yell pavement at me at one point for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looks like it. I forgot how much I love this album. This is the one out of the all five. I like, obviously, I love all five of the albums I'm talking about today. But this is the one I enjoyed revisiting the most. And I won tickets to see him once. Me and Laura went, and he was fantastic. We saw him at Park West. Just cranked. Mm. really good and he's kind of he's another xrt guy yeah and it's kind of funny though because usually you think okay if they play him on xrt they're usually like these critically acclaimed guys yeah but he doesn't he didn't get the best reviews pete yorn his first I, I think he's great but he's not like a critical favorite or anything no yeah he kind of like well the first album i thought got good reviews and then everything after that kind of not so much yeah but I love this album all the way through. My favorite songs are Come Back Home, Crystal Village, which is the one I quoted, and Long Way Down. But for me, one of my favorites. Could It could be way up higher in my list. It's like sometimes you, like when I'm, I was doing this, you're like you're looking at the song titles and stuff, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you forget until you listen to the whole thing again. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is great because, and that's what again that's that's what makes it fun too. Because then I'm like, yeah. listen that again, right? Right, it. you're revisiting all these albums again. Crank it up. There's a reason this is one of my 500 favorites. Right. My final one. I think this will surprise you. I'm ready. <laughs> Dirty computer. All right, this is interesting because. I, I want to look this up, Dirty Computer, because Janelle Monet. 
Yeah. I came out in 2018. I think I remember really liking this. Well, I can't remember. It's a great I think I don't know. Might have been my favorite of that year. Don't try to take my country. I will defend my land. I'm not crazy, baby. Now I'm American. I'm American. I'm American. I'm American. I think that with dirty computer, I think the the my issue with dirty computer was that I like uh what was the um album before Dirty Computer? I think it was Electric Lady. Um hold on. She took kind of a break between whatever was before this and the electric lady, yeah. Yeah. Which I thought I thought the electric the electric lady and then the arch android that mm-hmm. came out. I thought those were both just great. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh and then the the so I think dirty computer I was a little um you know, I think I was just disappointed by it. I I think just in terms of, uh, you know, um, just uh, just how it, you know, uh, compared. But Janelle Monae's been around for a long time. Did you know Make Me Feel Prince is on that, that uh, song? Yep. Yeah. On, on Dirty Computer? On the song "Make Me Feel" on Dirty Computer. Yeah, I yeah I knew it was Prince. Because I remember, because I listened to it, and I was like, "This sounds like a Prince song." Yeah. And of course, I'm doing my research. I'm like, oh, "Okay, well, that makes sense." <laughs> right. And this one, it debuted at number six. The reviews, including our good friend Robert Criscow. Yes. Everybody loved this album. Made tons of end of the year best of lists. It really did, and uh, I, I agree with them. So I like make me feel uh, title cut, dirty computer. I got the juice and screwed with Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, it's really good, really good. I like it a lot. I like it. I think. I think. It, like I said, I think it just. It was a bit of a come down. I really like the electric lady, and I think I was really looking forward to Dirty Computer. And I, 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 I think I just wanted it to be better than it was. I mean, I need to go back and just judge it on its own merits. So I will accept this <laughs> listing. I accept it. <laughs> I really want to hear what you think of Altered Beast, though. All right, I'll give Altered Beast. Very curious about that one. I'll give that a listen. I think that's that one might surprise me. Um, okay. Ah, an efficient uh, walk through our subjects tonight. Yeah, pretty good. Um, well, we want to thank everyone for listening. We uh, encourage you to subscribe to our little podcast and uh hit that subscribe button write us a review and tell a friend let us know if you want more uh bto content because that was very popular 
Oh, we're going to start a new podcast. We pitched it to Regency and we're calling it BTO Bags. <laughs> uh, we also, Bruce is pitching um, a podcast called Morgue Bags. Uh, <laughs> he uh, did write us and said that Morgue, uh, he went out and confronted Morgue and then took him to the local edibles store mm. and uh, bought him a cup of tea. And now he said, now Morgue and I are friends. So, um, you know, well, we'll, we'll see about that. I don't know. I, I will see. I, Bruce has a, has some loose lips. <laughs> he has an unrefined tongue. So if he can control that, then maybe he and Morg will remain friends, but knowing Bruce, I think, I think that friendship might be doomed. <laughs> I don't know. The, uh, the edibles seem to be stronger than well, you know, this is Colorado, the hedonistic lifestyle that they lead out there in Boulder. Uh, uh, but anyway, please, um, I meant to mention that earlier. Um, please uh, also follow us. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. All the kids are following us. So make sure you do too. Uh, drop us a line. Suggest a show topic. If we... Take the show topic. We'll send to you free of charge a Jag Bags T-shirt. They're flying out of. Uh, they really are like hotcakes. Mm -hmm. uh, guests are wearing them. Teenagers are wearing them. Yeah, teenagers. Mm -hmm. So you know you can either be part of the problem or you can be part of the solution. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are marking a line in the sand. For your wardrobe choices. You're either with us. That's Jag the way Bags. to sell those shirts, Steve. <laughs> you're either with Be us confrontational. or confrontational. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, as always, um, and when you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags in your ear.